millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. All right, Seb, you can start explaining it to me. Go on. Okay, so um, I'm in voice, obviously, as normal. But now there's loads of new voice options. So I've got voice and I'm on narration vocal. No. Is that right? You want to go to the top, mate. You want to go to um, file. No, you don't. You want to yep. go to... Yeah, you, do you? No, garage band preferences. Yeah. Um, make sure um, your output device is just built in and your input device is your microphone. Um, that's everything. Go to no, the, what? Fine. That, that all that stuff I know. Yeah, and then but you then, go down to um the actual screen itself. Turn up the. You'll have. Does it open with like loads of channels open? Yeah. Delete all of them but one. Do you feel really stupid right now? No, actually no. No, I, I know I should, but I don't. Um, you should be embarrassed. I'm not. Um, I'm, I'm embarrassed about like. Have you, you know? Have you deleted all of them but one? Yeah, I've just got narration vocal. All right, turn that all the way up and then on the actual channel. Yeah. And then go to the top right-hand corner where there's another thing and turn that all the way up. Yeah. Um, you want to change the timer as well, which is to the left of where the clock thing is. It's like a clock face thing that's display mode. You can either do beats and project or time and make sure it's on time so you know how long you've been going for. Um... Jack, are you embarrassed for Seb? I'll give him a pass. No, I, I, where's the clock, mate? I, I don't. Oh, I've, I've turned everything up. Did, and you're not the yeah, top. Yeah, there isn't a clock. No, under. <laughs> we can do a screenshot. You no, know, you know, um, you know where the record button is, right? You yeah. know the next possible button to the right of it. Hover over that. It should come up with display mode. Oh yeah. Yeah, turn oh, that to time. Okay. Well done. Thanks, okay. <laughs> and then on the left, you should have like a, a thing at the top that shows you what thing you're using and then loads of options on the left and you want to go to legacy whoa, whoa, whoa. fuck's sake I'm fucking Suarez cunt oh what Barter scored yeah um, I thought you were fuck's saking at me actually though no um, no no he was no secret. sorry mate where, 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 you, where you're talking about options no um, on the far left Underneath on the far left, it should say library on the on a column on the yeah, far left, right? Got that. And then it should just have loads of options underneath that. What it's got like vocal options, yeah. yeah. So go to legacy. I don't have legacy. What do you have? I have from top to bottom, I've got bright, classic, compressed, dance. No, edge, go back. Buzz. Go back. You want to can you go back at all? I can go to voice, but that's those are the voice options. Experimental. No, you should have a you should have one further uh, choice behind that that shows legacy. you other things. Um, I can just search, search legacy. Yeah, search library, and you want to search for eyesight microphone mail. Eyesight spelled normally. No, eyesight is in i is in like iPod, so i and then sight. <laughs> eyesight is <as> in. <laughs> <laughs> Oh god! Uh, no, it doesn't do that. Oh god! Um, I'm on. Um, yeah, it doesn't do that, mate. 
Have you got the button on the very far left next to a question mark thing pressed? Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't know how you get back to it then, because usually, if you can, you not just hover over it and scroll backwards, like it scroll right as if you're going all the way to the left. No, mate, because there's, there's there's nothing to the left of it. It's just. Oh there. fuck's sake! Two 0 now. What? What's two 0 Barca Roma. Alright. Yeah. So I've just got like how? Three 0 Bayern. Fucking hell. Hey, they're monstrous though. This is what I've got here, right? Just um, put it on voice and put it on. Um, I don't know what even sort of fucking choices. Its default is narration. I, I can't believe that's going to be weird, is it? No, just leave no. it on narration and I'll sort it out afterwards. All right. Can you apologise for wasting our time? Sorry. Welcome back to Rule the Roost podcast. I'm your host, The Trunk, and as ever, I'm joined by Mr. Raj Baines. Hello, Baines. How are you doing, mate? I'm not too bad. Love yourself. I'm very well, thank you, sir. That's a complete lie. I'm, as ever, in a pit of existential despair, but um, I persevere. Seb, how are you doing, mate? I'm doing good, mate, but I want to hear more about the despair. Uh, You know, nine to five, mate. It's not fun. You, okay. you airy fairy. I've had to sit and listen to you two piss and moan about freelancing for the past half hour. You know. Well, it's hard no to it's, it's it's me asking Seb whether or not he's immoral scum or not. So it's just it's our usual pre-pod conversation. You you went a bit. Uh, what's his name? Matthew Syed on him, didn't you? <laughs> <What>? <laughs> when he goes after Abramovich. Yeah. I I do always enjoy that. People get a bit annoyed when he does that, but I I have a lot of time for anyone that is willing to uh, anyone who's brave enough to do that is um I think I think that's fair play. It's fine. I find it quite yeah. funny. Doesn't he? He has a few skeletons in his own closet there, side doesn't he? Aren't there some? Hasn't he tweeted some fairly questionable stuff in the past? Or I'm not sure. Like on his on his speaking tours and things, he'll go and work for like betting companies and and stuff like that. And so he's not whiter than white. He just he uses his platform to have a go at the fact that you know Abramovich stole the mineral wealth of the Russian people, and I think that's uh, commendable. I, re- I, re- I like I like that we're starting this week's pod on this note on as well. It note. wasn't even it wasn't even intentional, but you know. It's it's a nice segue. Oh, wondering minds. Um, I remember the last time he, he, he remember the, the article he wrote about three weeks ago about Bramovich. There was yeah. someone on Twitter who goes, "Well, you shouldn't be writing this article because you, uh, you know, you work for Company X and Company Y and Company Z." And it's just sort of trying to equate like someone um, benefiting off their reputation with what Abramovich supposedly did in um, in in Russia. It's not supposed. No, but I'm, 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 I'm staying on the right it. side of that line marked libelous. <laughs> no, his, his, his QC came out in a court of law and admitted that he he came he had a agreement in place with Boris Yeltsin to uh, you know sell off the oil mineral wealth of the Russian people to the oligarchs and that's exactly what happened. So just, I'm, just, I'm not just to be clear, that was Roger's voice saying that. Not mine. Seb Stafford Blaw <laughs> says it. Um, fuck Abramovich, fuck Chelsea. But first of all, 
fuck West Ham United. And that we did, lads. That we fucking did. Um, right, Raj. First hot takes. Yeah. Tottenham Hotspur 4, West Ham United 1. Uh-huh. What do you think? It was really good. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> um, I mean, the the performance as a whole was always encouraging. Um, I think it, it takes a slight bit of shine on it that West Ham were missing their best player and, and looked like it. I think they would have caused as much more damage had Payer been playing. Um, but the way in which we sort of just brushed them aside was, was fantastic. I thought we would have been 3-0 up inside the first half if Harry Kane didn't do the worst thing I've ever seen a professional oh, football. Oh, God, it was do. awful, wasn't it? It wasn't good. Yeah, I mean, it's almost as if he had... It's not too much time, but he sort of overthought what he wanted to do with it, and it was almost like he was trying his best to sort of twat it into the opposite corner of the keeper and psych him out and got it completely wrong. But, of course, he, he made up for it after. He more than it, made up for it. Uh, Adrian let that other one go straight through him, uh, which was lovely. Um, and it was just a, it was a top performance. I mean, the the players that have been playing well were continued playing well. Delia Lee, uh, Eric Dyer, Kyle Walker was outstanding again. His goal was lovely. And then he made up for it with a perfect Kyle Walker brain fart straight afterwards. Um, what's his name? Moussa Dembele was, you know, majestic. He, he ran the game. Um, and, you know, as he has done for the past month, he's been probably one of the best players on the park, if not the best player there. So it's, it was just a, a culmination of, of everything that's come before. It was sort of, there was no fear there. There was no, you know, worry about the occasion. We just, we showed who was the better team and that's all you can really ask for him to do. And uh, they did it in, in emphatic style. I tell you what, I loved, I loved seeing how much, because it feels like we're at that, we're at that place again now where our team actually they're all mates and they all give a fuck about one another, yeah. you know? Because it, it seemed like any time there's a, a rash tackle or something like that from a West Ham player, they'd all be piling in. Dyer a few times was getting stuck in. You had Deli Ali, and obviously to the detriment because he's now uh, got his yellow card and will miss Chelsea. But even still, I don't, I don't want them to, to lose that passion. I don't want them to be pussyfooting around thinking I might get a yellow card. I, I know that sounds a bit naive, but at this point in time, I'm happier... Oh, seeing the players playing that, the way they are. There was a moment right at the beginning of the second half where um, where Winston Reid went through Deli Alley a little bit and then as the ball was breaking out of that tackle, Carl Walker left his foot in on, on Winston Reid and left him on the ground. I thought, I, I, Carl Walker knew exactly what he was doing there. It was hilarious, it was it. brilliant. I, thought, I, I like that, I, like Jack said, love that our players are willing to do that for each other. Um, it's just a sort of a bit of a warning, just right, put my studs in your shin, don't do that again. I, t- I tweeted out during the game that... You know, I love I love our team so much now that it, it genuinely gives me a lump in the throat, mm. and it does. Like it's just it's just so glorious to feel that connected to our team again. It like makes me want to start like belting out like Pete Seeger songs and stuff. You know, like <laughs> going full on. You know, fly the red flag. Although you don't know, like Lily White flag, I guess in this. Uh, in this respect, but it's just, it's it's lovely. It's lovely being a Spurs fan again. And I'm, I know it's easy to get swept up in the top four talk and our Spurs title contender, but to be honest with you, lads, like I'm, I genuinely couldn't give a shit. No. Like it would, be, it would be absolutely glorious to finish in the top four. And is it realistic? You know, if you asked us at the start of the season, and which many people did, we all said no, you know, and we'd just like to see the team continue to progress. 
I think as soon as you start to make that a priority and and change exactly. the, the way of which you're talking from just go out there, enjoy yourselves, learn how to play under this manager and do your very best every match and and become a better side, you know, gel as a team because you're young and some of you are new and whatnot. The second you change that rhetoric as, and, and start setting goals that will add unnecessary pressure to them, um, that's when issues start to arise. I mean, the fact that we went along this run of being undefeated, we went along it so long without being, you know, a, a major news story or somebody that people were backing explicitly for a while was a major reason as to why we were doing so well, I think. Flying under the radar was good. But now people are picking up on us. Ali and Dyer have played for England and whatnot. It's it's getting a little bit more pressurised. So I don't think the fan base need to add to that by setting our own title, you know, targets and talking about possible title winning aspirations and things like that. It's uh, it's completely unnecessary. I mean, you can, you can have those beliefs to yourself and secretly wish to achieve those things, but explicitly, I think it, it does more harm than good. I'd agree with that, mate. Word for word. Seb, anything else to add about our glorious resurgence? Like, does it make you long for the days of Sherwood again? <laughs> So no, I know you were like a massive fan of his. I was, yeah, I was, uh, I was, uh, yeah, yeah. Was I was between you and between you and bankrupt Spurs. We were, we were, yeah, we were on that bandwagon from the start. Um, I, How does this compare to what you experienced during the? Don't say it. Don't say it. Don't. <laughs> you know what? I, 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 I couldn't agree with what you guys just said. I don't care about all the other stuff. The, the, the fourth place, the, the title, all that, all the, all the kind of the, um, the peripheral details. I just. I really like having my team back. Well, not my team because this is kind of it feels slightly unique. This is a you know this is a, a sort of a new high for us really in my lifetime anyway. My my sort of conscious football watching days. Um, but it's just so lovely to, to 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 be looking forward to weekends in the same way now. Like to to just think, you know, when that West Ham game finished. Like previously, like on the on the show, it's sometimes on the Red Nap and occasionally, sadly, on the Villa Spurs. There were there were weekends that you know after a game, I just thought. I'm glad we don't have to go through this for another six days. Whereas against West Ham, the moment that final whistle th- blew, I just thought, God, I wish we could we could play Chelsea now. You know, just do it now, back to back. Get on the pitch and let's run over you two. And it's just that's a that's a really special place for a Spurs fan to be. I think. Absolutely fucking glorious. Um, well, there's not much more to say. So let's move on to our very special guest, Mr. Connor Kelly from. The Tynal Turd Podcast. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Connor Kelly, welcome to Rule the Roost Podcast. You are both a nice person and a Chelsea fan. I'm not sure how that works. You're also a journalist, um, a podcaster. Uh, you're trapped in an attic with three other Irish people um, <laughs> on the final third. How are you? Uh, I'm very well, Raz, uh, and you? Did you enjoy that introduction? It was very nice, yeah, very nice. I didn't get anything wrong, did I? No, um, I, th- I think uh, the, I, th- I think you got it spot on there. Uh, the, the, apart from, I think uh, I must be the most uh, disinterested Chelsea fan in the world right now. But well, sure. this is what this is what interested you. you. Were reluctant to come on the show because you didn't want to be associated with Chelsea, and I understand that embarrassment given what Chelsea are. Um, but people can probably tell from your accent that you're from Ireland. 
Um, and, you know, the, I get this question all the time, given that my accent isn't one that you'd associate automatically with a Tottenham fan and yours isn't one that you'd automatically uh, associate with a Chelsea fan. So how did you come about to support Chelsea? Was it 2003? Was all that money and oil too much for you to turn down? <laughs> Knew that was coming. Um, take, that one, <laughs> take that one off the list. Uh, <laughs> It's It'd a, been rude for me not to, Connor. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's fair enough. Fair game, I suppose. But the reason, yeah, the reason I was, I would have grown up a Chelsea fan was was simple. When I was, when you I started, the political beliefs of John Terry. Yeah, yeah, I'm a, I'm a UKIP voter, man. You know that. <laughs> um, nah, well, basically, I started when I started watching football and consuming football in the, the mid to late nineties um, as a young kid. I all of my mates and everyone I knew, being in Ireland, of course, um, supported either Manchester United or Liverpool, and it, it was just a done thing. You either supported one or the one or the other. Um, and my dad is a is a City fan. Um, he's been a City fan since the early seventies. But at the time, I couldn't support City because City were in Division Two and they were never on TV. And at the time, we didn't have Sky Sports or anything, so there was no uh, there was no point in me following City. So I just basically went through the Premier League table and picked a team that picked a team that um, weren't Manchester United, Liverpool, or Arsenal really, and Chelsea were the first team that came up. And I probably would have changed, but I quite liked the the, the late I quite liked the late nineties Chelsea team with, with Gianfranco Zola and Gianluca Vialli and this influx of foreign players, and it was a from a from a, 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 a young point a young person's point of view not knowing too much about football but just being engrossed by little details and little small things in the game at a, from an early age it was just great to see a team that played like lovely attractive football and there was also the caveat that they, they never really won anything so I, I I never had bragging rights with mates but on the rare occasion when Chelsea would beat a Manchester United or Liverpool it would be extra sweet so you the money almost ruined Chelsea for you. Yeah, basically. Um, and I mean, if I look through the last 11, 12 years of, of watching Chelsea games and, and supporting Chelsea, uh, it's just not been the same, the same, the same feeling that, that I, I felt when I, I first started watching games. Like, I think, um, obviously I enjoyed the, the title wins, but even, even last season, last season, the only, the only, the only title Chelsea have won in the last 10 years that I, I, got excited about was the Champions League purely because in a, in a sadistic way it was because it was so uh, it was so unjust and so undeserved and it was one of those uh, backs against the wall stories where a team who are clearly are, clearly are nowhere near the standard of the other two or three teams that played in the latter stages they they managed to, to fluke a Champions League win and um, I, I enjoyed that in a perverse way but the titles even the only I suppose the Ancelotti team was an enjoyable team but but since the since the Ancelotti team I just sort of I haven't enjoyed uh, fandom hasn't been as enjoyable for me and I think also now that I in the last maybe two or three years I've started covering football and writing about football um, I try and take a more objective view in the game and I'm, Chelsea's results either way don't don't affect my life anymore um, I, I don't get I don't I don't get too uh, emotional either way who did your brother support? He Adam supports Chelsea as well, yeah. Um so you infected him. Basically, yes. Basically. But to be fair, he, he supports Chelsea for another reason. He supports Chelsea because when he was younger he was a goalkeeper and 
Ed DeHoy. I don't know why he loved Ed DeHoy, the, the, the Dutch he goalkeeper. Shit. He was terrible, yeah, but Adam loved him. Uh, and Carlo Cotacini as well. He loved Carlo Cotacini. So, um, the was first... brother a terrible goalkeeper? No, um, he was decent. He just, I think um, he was an unfortunate... He was an unfortunate style growing up in that whenever, um, whenever any of us got injuries, it was always him. So, um, being a goalkeeper, it's not great when you get full force a full force shot in the face from a guy maybe five or six years older than you uh, and it almost knocks you out i think that happened to adam a couple of times um so you used to bully your big brother your, your little brother no i'm not me this is not me this is this is older lads in our in our estate would um would play football with us i'm only i'm only a year and a half older than my brother so um, right. we're close in age but we used to play massive games uh, games on the green where we'd have I'm not like 20 aside, but there was always the big kid, one of the lads across the road from me who was maybe six years older than us, and he was obviously bigger and stronger and more developed at that point, and he almost uh, <laughs> he almost um, broke Adam's face in two with, a, with a, a rasping shot from distance at one point. Amazing. Uh, we'll have to get Adam on at some point to, to laugh at him. Is he, is he in the house? You can get him on. You can do a, we can do a three-way. He's with, not. He's at, he's at college, I'm afraid. He, he's got better things to be doing with his life than... Sitting rambling, around in his room, rambling about football. football. Yeah, basically, um, oh, it's a shame. I can't even remember what question you asked me there, Rash. Sorry. No, it's just it's just a random one to be honest. I just wanted, I just wanted a fucking tangent, like <laughs> <laughs> the old the old uh, stories of the Kelly boys back on the green. Yeah, basically, basically. Um, you actually listen to this show, which is odd. Yeah, I've, I've listened one to of, it regularly. Yeah, um, for a good one. Is it, is it a dream come true for you to come on um, Roll Rose podcast? Well, considering I spent is the this, last two this... days trying to avoid coming on the podcast, I'm not so sure, not so sure. But yeah, I, it, I do love the podcast. To be honest, um, I why? Think, why? Because it's three lads with the intention. The three lads who come together with the intention of talking about football and then end up talking about everything other than football, <laughs> which is why I enjoy it. Okay, so you don't actually enjoy the football talk. Our scintillating sort of analysis of Tottenham isn't what you come for. Well, I, to be fair, like I already record a podcast with two years anyway. So like, yeah. if I want your opinion on football, I'll just probably ask you when I'm, I'm talking ask, to you. Ask you on the, the proper one. Yeah, yeah like I mean, I talked to, I talked to yourself and said enough to uh, to get to gauge your opinions on football. I don't know, and, and read you enough to gauge your opinions on football. Uh, so real the risk is basically just to, to get another insight into your lives. So, in a, Seb's Tinder updates, is that what you tune in for secretly? Oh, 100%. Uh, I mean, that, that, that is what <laughs> podcasting is made for, isn't it? You, you, you can feel free whenever Seb's on, uh, on the final third. I'll make a note here for me and Jack that we've never been invited on. It's just Seb that you like over there. Um, well, hang on now. Let's preface that, <laughs> with, with, let's preface that with, a, with a fact for a start. We had Seb on the final third before you ever invited him onto Real de Roos. So before we knew who he was, but yeah, we, we, the, the first time we talked, we talked to Seb. Um, he was still under the um, eponymous name of the Premier League girl. So oh, we we unmasked him. We helped in the unmasking process. Yeah, we didn't know who he was. So I just emailed him one day to see if he'd come on the podcast, but with no idea what his name was. <laughs> um, I just emailed him. Did you oh, have to hi. call him Mr. Owl? Yeah, Mr. Owl, yeah. Hi, uh, Premier League Owl. I, I'm not sure what your name is, but I'll just I'll just go by Premier League Owl for the moment. So, yeah, the first time we talked to Seb was um, he was still anonymous. and he There was no... Uh, there was no selfies on Twitter. There was uh, there was no uh, double barrel surname in in his 
in his username. So yeah, no yeah. Tinder stories. He, I think he deeply regrets the day he he divulged that involved, information yeah, yeah. with uh, <laughs> with me and Jack. Um, did you listen to the hundredth episode where we just talked shit for an hour? Yeah, hour, that was my two favorite. hours even. Yeah, I think that was my two favorite. Hours, that was your favorite. You were involved in the introduction, of course. Yeah, I, I, yeah, we that was um, yeah. That, but I enjoyed that the most probably because you talked about everything whatever in football. Um, but I did. I enjoyed. I listened to last week's episode and enjoyed your tangent on uh, on your days in school, which was great. I oh yeah, I forgotten we talked about that. I, and I realized I tried to calculate it up. I went back and figured out that. Of the, I think you were thinking the podcast was about fifty-five odd minutes long, and a good forty minutes of that was non-football talk. So yeah, that's always <laughs> a solid podcast in my eyes. <laughs> Tottenham are just an excuse for us to talk. I think. Yeah, I mean, um, I wouldn't mind, but you like you have a lot to talk about this season with Tottenham, sir. So. Uh, we'll come on to that. We have a lot to talk about with Chelsea as well because you are dog shit. Yeah. Um, what's going on there? Do you, are you finding yourself falling back in love with Chelsea now that you can't win a game? No, not at all. It's 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 probably worse because you have to listen to Jose Mourinho's ramblings every week uh, of how uh, how the world is against them. And do you not hero worship him as as other Chelsea fans do? Nah, like I I was a I, I've never hero worshipped Mourinho at all. I don't think I enjoyed his first spell in charge just because I thought he was an entertaining figure. But um, I for anybody, this is another side tangent for anybody who has. Um, who, who is an admirer of Jose Mourinho or really enjoys Jose Mourinho and doesn't think that a lot of what's going on at Chelsea is his fault. They should read the Diego Torres book on his three years at Real Madrid. And I think it's uh, it's an eye opener for, for anybody who's not so sure as to what Mourinho is really like. So if you believe that story, but I think I, I would believe it considering a lot of his sources were within the Real Madrid dressing room. But it basically think, paints Would they not a, have ulterior motives to sort of denounce him well it's it's a it's a sizable proportion of the squad um seems to be against him now i'm, I'm not sure if um i'm not sure the the verity of 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 some of the sources but uh like the book it's 300 pages and none of it paints Mourinho in a good light and there's various sources i, I don't like i don't think not none of the real madrid players have come out and denied it so i assume that a, a large proportion of it is true um, but yeah, it's a, it's a quite a, an insight into the uh, the the wacky um, the wacky mind of, um, and life of Jose Mourinho. He's he started back when he came to Chelsea as, as pointing him out to be the what the special the, the nice one and the happy one. Or the happy and, one, yeah. And you know the first season went as as to plan as it could go. It, it looked for a while as if the squad would go undefeated for the first portion of the season. And the uh, it was his second year that that happened. The yeah. first year was sort of middling, as he sort of felt, got his feet back under the table. And the second year they bounced back as, you know, team Mourinho's second year at clubs they're often his best. And yeah. then the third year has gone awry again. Yeah, the first season, the first season was the uh, was the. With the the little horse phase where, where Chelsea couldn't compete with those giants, Manchester City and Liverpool. So uh, Chelsea were Chelsea were the small horse in that race, um, uh, according to Mourinho. But that, like, I mean, last season started spectacularly, and Chelsea played some some beautiful football in the early part of the season. The addition of Fabregas and, and Costa seemed to take the team up to another level. Hazard was wonderful, but I actually think that the game against you guys last season at Wadart Lane where you trounced us five two, was it? Three. Five three, yeah. That that was a that was a huge turning point in the, the Mourinho mindset because 
he just decided, fuck it, we're not, we're not attacking anymore. We're going to shut up shop. We're going to win games 1-0 and we're going to do it my way. Because We've tried this, this uh, expansive attacking football and it's been royally found out on an occasion when, when we didn't play particularly well. So I think that was, a, that was an eye-opener for Mourinho. And if you look at Chelsea's performances since then, there's, there's been very, very few standout performances in the what, nine months or eight months since that game. So are you saying that everything that's going wrong at Chelsea now is directly at the feet of Tottenham? <laughs> well, bearing in mind I'm on the Tottenham podcast, um, I suppose I, I, I'm, I'm loath to give you credit, but yeah, maybe if you, if you really want to feel good about yourselves, you can say that. Oh, well, yeah. Trust me, we don't have any issue feeling good about ourselves at the moment. We're, we're quite happy with, with how we're doing. Yeah, that, that, that's, I suppose that's fair enough. Um, now, I mean, there's... There's various issues. It's not just Mourinho's fault. You can't just play, place all of the blame at Mourinho's um, because that'd be a little bit, a little bit over the top. And also, um, I despise football fans who solely blame the manager for all of life sales. Apart from when it's Tim Sherwood, of course, because everything uh, that goes wrong in a football club is Tim Sherwood's fault when he's in charge. Um, but yeah, I think there's there's a variety of problems. At Chelsea, and it, this is stemmed from the summer. It all, it all, it all started when Mourinho didn't get the, the transfers he, he obviously wanted. He wanted, he wanted some further reinforcements in the squad so he could take the team on again. The club weren't forthcoming with that, so Mourinho decided to sulk through the preseason. The players. What's the reason that they didn't back him with the transfers that he wanted? I, I think, to be honest, I think the club want Mourinho to start introducing more of the academy players because. Like it's Chelsea have about a pretty decent academy team, but they've won four of the last. Are they five the ones of when like the five thousand players you have out on loan? No, I don't. There's a, just a, like there's a, a a load of homegrown players as well, simmering in in the academy, winning youth cups every year as well. Like it's a it's a it's a nice smattering of players that they've attracted from abroad and also players they've got from the local area. Um, I mean, like Ruben Loftus-Cheek is the prime example. He's been in, I think, two of the Youth Cup winning teams, and it looked like Mourinho was was adamant. Mourinho was was strong last season. At the end of last season, that Loftus-Cheek was the next in line to be a a homegrown star in the team, and he was going to give him his chance this season. And he's played him in some games, but in recent weeks, his Loftus-Cheek has been nowhere near the squad. And um, Mourinho had a dig at him in the summer about his attitude. So I'm not sure if um, Loftus-Cheek. If Loftus Cheek got too far ahead of himself and decided that he was big, Billy Big Balls, that he played a few games at the end of last season and automatically felt entitled to be a starter in the first team. But I think the club want Mourinho and have wanted for a long time. They've wanted the managers to introduce a core of players from the youth academy because the academy has been so successful. Like, um, but Mourinho's Mourinho's mentality has always been short term at every club he's been at. You look to his Porto team, his original Chelsea team, his Inter team, his Real Madrid team, very, very few younger players got introduced um, in those two or three year periods at either club. Mourinho's so focused on the present and winning now that I don't think he, he looks so bigger picture, despite all of the talk in the media when he first came back to Chelsea that he was here for a 10-year period. At the moment, I think he just sees that he's got his core of players and he wants players for now. He wants players to come into the team and be instant starters. 
So I don't think I don't, I don't think Mourinho was a patient man in general. Like, um, and then there's also the the uh, the side problem of um, who Mourinho's agent is and and why Mourinho seems um, indebted so much to George Mendes that he has to sign every George Mendes outcast that's available. I mean, the Falco signing, which was Mourinho's signing because the club weren't exactly um, weren't exactly adamant that they wanted him. Um, was clearly a move just to appease Mendes. And I'm not sure if it's because Mendes gets... He probably does get some sort of fee out of the transfer or the, the loan oh, move. Of course he does. Yeah, but that's the, the only reason I can see that. Maybe I'm just being overtly cynical, but it's the only reason I can see why Falcao's there because if if you've watched any of Falcao's performances this season, the man is a shell of a footballer. He's, um, he's an even more extreme version of Fernando Torres in that his knee... It, he did his knee playing for Monaco missed the World Cup in 2014 and his season at United was um, symptomatic of a player who just is unable or is unable to um, to run over short distances anymore. He's not got the explosive power that made him probably the most lethal striker in Europe for a period of time at Atletico Madrid. Um, and I, it's just baffling that Mourinho would pick him to to, to come in as, as a backup option to Diego Costa. So like it's this this has been a this is a problem at Real Madrid as well where he Mourinho tried to bombard or tried to overload the dressing room with George Mendes players and his own his own players because I think he, he tried to bring in um well, what's what's the guy Hugo Almeida the Portuguese striker just nowhere near the caliber of a Real Madrid player like but he wanted to bring him in because he was a Portuguese speaker. Um, he was a Mendes player and he was one of Mourinho's players. He would have been one of Mourinho's players. His aim was basically to get rid of, well, a lot of people, a lot of people close to this, the, the situation at Madrid would say that he wanted to get rid of the Casillas, Ramos core of Spanish players who basically ran the club. So I think that something similar, no, nah, it's, it's, it's very hard to compare the two situations, but something similar has happened with Chelsea in that he's trying to get as many of his own players in and I don't think the club want to play ball with him and that and they've made it very perfectly clear that they are the they are the instigators of transfers and Mourinho works with the players at his disposal Is that what's got his back up then that, the fact that he's not coming and being the the boss top down? Yeah I think that's it I, I, I think he Mourinho I'm, again I'm just speculating from, from what I've read but if, if I'm delving into Delving into um, the speculation, I think Mourinho agreed to the conditions when he came back to Chelsea that he'd have a director of football, which for me, I don't find a problem with it at all. I think director of football, if you get the right guy in, is a perfect model. I think English football is so far behind, or most clubs in English football are so far behind with their transfer model that um, it, it becomes a, a figure, it becomes a, a story of fun in the in the tabloid media where they, they sh- the right pieces on analytics guys and um, basically dismiss them as geeks with computers and, and shit like that. But I do think that Mourinho signed on to the conditions, but probably in the back of his mind, he thought, I can I can wield my influence here as I go along. And as I win more, uh, uh, my influence will grow and, uh, and I can get a stranglehold on the club as I want. But I just, I don't I think Roman Abramovich and the club in general at the moment are just in a completely different place. And if there's any man who who, who won't, bow to what Mourinho wants it was Abraham Abramovich is he going to be there at the end of the season yeah I think so to be honest because um, 
a lot of at the club. Honestly, though, I don't think the club want to sack him. I think the club want to get away from this ten-year period of um, ridiculous rotation with managers, and and also there's not many candidates out there who fit the, the profile. Um, like I, I, Mourinho or Abramovich, apart from AVB, Abramovich has never really taken a gamble on a manager who's not already an elite manager uh, in terms of what he's won around Europe. So the only options at the moment of, of managers who are either out of work or could potentially be swayed, you, you would say would be uh, Guardiola, Ancelotti and Diego Simeone. Um, they'd be the three leading candidates. Guardiola won't take it because he'll never get, it's just not the right setup for him. He's returned it down already repeatedly. So I can never, I'd be shocked if Guardiola ever ended up at Chelsea. Ancelotti, I think he was scarred from his first period at Chelsea where he was so, so unfairly uh, treated. Won a double in his first season and in the second season finished second and started to introduce a couple of young players who, which the club wanted um, and was crudely sacked. So I don't think he'd ever come back so that would leave Simeone, but I think Simeone is quite happy at Atletico Madrid at the moment because Atletico Madrid are moving into a new stadium in 2016. They are perennially competing for La Liga titles for Champions Leagues. So basically, he has he has everything he wants at the moment. He's full control of that club. He basically runs that club. So I would take I would, I'd, I'd say it'll, it'll be another couple of years yet before Simeone leaves Atletico, and when he does leave Atletico, he'll have his pick of, uh, of clubs and. I think Chelsea would have to go a long way to convincing them to take the job. Touch wood, they wouldn't. But is uh, is a manager like Pochettino not what Abramovich should be hiring at the moment? Yeah. If he if he wants his his youth team to come through and they've got such good talent there and he wants it to be managed properly, is that not what he should be doing? Giving somebody like that a few years to actually bring a team through together? Yeah, I th- Pochettino would be the perfect candidate, but um, I. Just can't see Abramovich going for Pochettino. Um, he just he doesn't seem to he doesn't seem to want the risk, uh, and I don't think it is a risk because I think Pochettino has proven uh, undoubtedly what an excellent manager he is. Like he's built a, an excellent Southampton team, and he's building a really really good Tottenham team with a core of English talent. And he's disproving the theory that you can't um, you can't build a team based on young British players. So. Uh, He'd be a perfect candidate, but like to be honest, I, I think the club want to stick by Mourinho for that reason that they don't want to be seen to be sacking managers at a whim. But like, if results don't improve, like it's hard to see. Like it's hard to see what the, the season objective is now. It's probably to win the Champions League, try and win the Champions League, and, and sneak back into Europe because I don't think they're going to do it through the league um, because they're so far off top four at the moment. And if they lose it on Sunday to Tottenham. That's basically top four gone as far as I'm concerned. Has Mourinho not got a chip on his own shoulder about the fact that he hasn't managed to last a long time at a club? I mean, you said that he, he said all those things when he first rejoined the club about staying for 10 years or whatnot, but he he hasn't gone into like a fourth year anywhere, has he, or, or beyond that? He went into a fourth year at Chelsea last time, um, but it only yeah, lasted not two properly. months. Yeah. yeah, and not even two months. It ended in September, I think. But yeah, no, it, I just... I just think his management style is not conducive to either long-term stability or long-term planning because he's so intense, he's so emotional, and what he gets from his players is precisely that. He gets uh, sharp bursts of intensity, 
um, emotional, almost emotional and irrational love from his players for him. But after a while, that wears thin. Like, I mean, um, it, it, even if I think I read a couple of extracts from Didier Drogba's autobiography, and he said that at the, fir- or the first Mourinho period at Chelsea, like the players would run through brick walls for him, but eventually he got to the point where that just tired and I think um, like uh, the problem is I think it's happening again and it's it's been proven even at, at Real Madrid like the players were worn out by his minutes uh, in the third season they just were sick and tired of it and it's the same with it. and I don't know like if, if you go to any any job you've ever done and you've got, you've got a boss who can get extract a certain amount of work right out of you but after a while when he's repeating the same message over and over and over again, it just wears thin. And Mourinho hasn't proven yet that he's a manager capable of like reinventing himself. And I don't know, it could be a case where he has to get rid of a lot of players in the summer to get in, I don't know, a fresh bunch of players who want to, who want to fight for him. But Either way, I think it's 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 either he goes or uh, a core. You don't really have to go. get in a fresh bunch of players. He just has to stop selling them after six months and and putting like a three thousand on loan and you know all the youth team players that he's got. He needs to actually settle on on some. I mean, if you look at the players they've been just buying and selling with Quadrado and you know even Matter and and stuff like that. The fact that Hazard doesn't look like he wants to stay at the club and and stuff like that. He's that's the reason why he needs to sort it out is because he's he's got the tools under his nose. He's just not used them. With, yeah, I just think Mourinho has a problem with with wingers at Chelsea. He always has. Um, it's a weird one. If you if you look through the players he's discarded over the years, and uh, Damien Duff, Damien Duff, Harry and Robin, Joe Cole. Duff and Robin were good for a while though. Yeah, they? they were brilliant in his first season. Like they combined really well, and they they chipped in with a large proportion of goals. This is before Drogba became a prolific striker for Chelsea. The, the two of them were, and Frank Lampard scored a glut of goals from midfield and they, they terrorised teams. But the problem was, um, Duff, Duff had his injuries, but Mourinho tried to basically work on his, the de- defensive side of his game. And if you look at Duff's career post-Chelsea, like he was never the marauding winger he was when he joined Chelsea. The guy who could beat... like I, I I remember, I remember watching him for Ireland against Denmark in a, a friendly match before the World Cup in two thousand two, and I was never, I've never been so excited about a player. He, like he, he literally went up against two Danish defenders at, at once. Pretty much, they they double marked him for the whole game, and he tore shreds off them. He tore them inside out, and I've never been so excited watching a player in the flesh. And when you look at Duff, like four years later, which isn't that long a long a time, he was a shell of that player. He, his, basically, his first inclination was to go backwards and defend, <coughs> which I think has happened with Hazard to an extent. Not not saying that Hazard is in terminal decline or anything, but Hazard doesn't seem to have the uh, expressiveness in his game anymore. And I think, like, I think it's because Mourinho just wants to drill into him that it's all about. He's trying to drill the defensive side of the game into him so much that. He's almost forgotten how to attack. All right, that's uh, enough about Damien Duff because I can tell you're getting you, your voice got more Irish as you spoke about. Him, so, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's, it's, about it's an emotional, it's an emotional attachment. Mm. Still, still love him. It's probably yeah, probably my favorite Irish player of all time, to be honest. Not Robbie. No, I love Robbie as well, but I think Duffer because because I, I played 
I played in the left wing as a as a player when I played football. I always gravitated towards Stuffer. And he, I think he he wore he used to wear Predators, and I always had Predators, so it was just a yeah. And I wore eleven as well for my team, so yeah, it's just that it's irrational, really. But that's probably I still love Robbie as well. Don't get me wrong, but and Robbie's done more for Ireland than Damien probably has. So yeah, he's done more for Tottenham as well than Damien Duff. <laughs> yeah, he was supposed to join you guys when he left Chelsea, but he went to Newcastle instead. But he loved that decision making. Um, yeah, I think he, I think he, I think he decided to go to Newcastle so he wouldn't annoy Chelsea fans by going to Tottenham, which was such a such a stupid move. Um, what do you think of the game at the weekend? Then do you think? I mean, we're in Azerbaijan, forty eight hours before the game, um, which is ridiculous. Yeah, um, and you're in what well, you're already in Maccabi Haifa, aren't you? So you're yeah. what's that Israel? It's Israel, yeah. So it's a similar sort of length journeys. Sizable, sizable treks all the same, yeah. But um, you've got more recovery and preparation time than we do. Yeah. I, it's that White Art Lane, isn't it? It is that White Art Lane, though. And, like, I don't think Mourinho has a particularly good record at White Art Lane. So, um, like, I don't know. It's, it's a hard one because Tottenham don't seem to have been too badly affected by the Europa League this season. Um which is great because I hate, I know I hate that football fans do this, particularly English football fans of clubs who play in the Europa League. They always use the Europa League to pin their league form on. And I mean, like, for the most part, like, it's the same gap between games times. Like, if you're, if you're playing in the Champions League on a Wednesday and then playing in the league on a Saturday, it's the same as Thursday, Sunday. So I don't know. I, I think that Tottenham haven't been affected by it so much this season. Um, and it's ridiculous. They still seem to be able to press with the same intensity and um, just this ferocious hunger to win the ball back. And I think maybe it's because it's a consequence of having such a young squad that there's so much energy in those players that they, uh, they uh, playing two games in, in three days or four days with all the travel involved and all, all that brings doesn't seem to phase them at all. So, uh yeah. I I I don't see I still don't think that Chelsea have clicked in any sort of form. They played okay at the weekend against Norwich, but there still doesn't look to be any goals in the team apart from William whipping in the odd free kick or Diego Costa finishing one of ten chances. And does it sounds like you expect Tottenham to win? Yeah, yeah, probably. I think Tottenham <clears throat> I think like this season has conditioned me to just not really care. So like if Chelsea get beaten I'm, I'm not <laughs> I'm not exactly uh, I'm not exactly going to cry myself to sleep or anything but I just it's just hard to get ex- it's just hard to get excited about watching Chelsea in general at the moment like there's there's no joy about it um, and I think as well as I was saying earlier with my, with my writing and stuff football for me is just so much more enjoyable when Chelsea aren't playing because I can watch a game objectively um, and I can enjoy I know for instance I, I I'd be a big Roma fan as well. I I, I know Jack is uh, taking that on this season, but um, yeah, I would. He's, he's actually the UK's biggest Roma fan, so um... aspiring UK's biggest Roma fan, according to his bio, I think. Um, but yeah, like I I would watch Roma, and I I found myself this season. It's it's pretty bizarre. Maybe it's because I I'm so detached from Chelsea and, and London and stuff like that. I found myself getting more worked up about Roma games, like. Uh, when they conceded two goals away to Bayern Leverkusen, 
in the Champions League to throw away a 4-2 lead, I went, I was really, really angry. And I, I, I just thought to myself, then 10 minutes later, why, why the fuck are you getting so angry about an Italian team? Like, But um, I, I just, I enjoy, I seem to enjoy other football more now. But um, as far as the game goes, like, Tottenham's home form has been really, really impressive. And everything Pochettino is doing seems to be working. And Harry Kane's back in form. I'd probably, I'd probably guess Tottenham will rest him in the Europa League for the weekend. If, if, if Pochettino has any sense, he will anyway. Um, and yeah, it's just Chelsea don't react well to teams who press them and, and outwork them. And that's been happening quite a bit this season. And I just, if I, if I put on an optimist, probably the best result Chelsea can get is like a draw. At least you know you've got a strong League of Ireland to fall back on, though, that Chelsea are letting you down. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the league's best player, Richie Tell, who lit it up for uh, lit it up for the champions, Dundalk, has is, is been snapped up by Brighton by the sounds of it. So, another, another one bites the dust. Richie Towell? Richie Towell, yep. Check him out. Like, towel is in like, T- stuff you dry yourself with? Yep, with, a, with another L at the end. So Okay. Yeah, good player. Very is he a player. striker? He's a midfielder, but um, like he's a goal scoring midfielder. But he was interviewed on Irish TV recently, and he has a he's a nice confidence about him because he was at I think he was at Celtic or he was, he was at definitely in Scotland with somebody, and it didn't work out for him, and he came back to Ireland and reapplied himself. And see what what happens a lot of the time with, with rejected Irish players, and there's a lot of them simmering about the the lower echelons of English football just playing for, for dog shit teams um, is that if they if they get rejected because a lot of them end up joining I don't know the Manchester United or Liverpool or Tottenham or Arsenal academies and end up falling by the wayside at 15 or 16 and coming back or maybe about 17, 18 and coming back and they'll play League of Ireland football and they just won't take the league seriously because they feel that they're above it whereas what Terrell did well is he came back he reapplied himself he worked out his game and he didn't take for granted that, you know, a move would come again. And he's just been, he's been outstanding. And I think um, there was some calls last week for, for Martin O'Neill to, to consider him for the Irish squad. So I think that's probably why he's, it looks like he's going to go to Brighton and, and get some first team football in England, hopefully. But, you know, reapply yourself. Uh, you can still make it as a professional footballer. Okay. Um, I think that's everything we need from you, Connor. Thank you very much for your time. Not at all. It's been a pleasure, Rest. Thank you. Excellent. Um, I hope you've enjoyed your your first roller roost appearance. I hope it doesn't ruin the podcast for you. No, nah, yeah, I'm, this. yeah, because I'm, I'm I'm very funny about listening back to stuff I'm on. I like I do. I rarely listen back to the final third, like because unless like the best. Podcast... Sorry, right, man. No, nobody listens to it, so it's all right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's it. Like, yeah, I, I find myself like playing it on silent so we get a listen. Oh, uh, that's that's really sad. <laughs> no, I don't do that at all. I, I did do that. In the, the you, first... Now you've said it, mate. We all know. You don't have to go back on it. We we know. I did do that. No, I did do that once or twice during our first our initial season, uh, which would have been two thousand thirteen. Did you not tell the other lads as well? Just try and you know get their morale up, thinking that there was. No, they listen to it. They actually listen back. Oh yeah, Jack and Jack and Seb do that, and it's really odd. Yeah, I don't like. Like the guys don't. I, I think um, like Rob who hosts the Rob who hosts it. He, caravan. Yeah, caravan. Yeah, he listens back. He um, caravan. <laughs> yeah, he listens. He listens back because um, a lot of the time he has no notes or anything written, and he doesn't really pick up on what we're saying. So uh, 
he just like uh he just sort of he doesn't um he doesn't listen back to the show to uh he listens back to the show to enjoy it sorry whereas palmer listens back to it to critique his own work because he, he really doesn't like the sound of his own voice so <laughs> he that sounds like some weird sadistic thing to do to yourself yeah like i think he he used to <clears throat> he used like he still curses a lot but he used to curse like a ridiculous amount in the show every like second or third word i think it was a nervous thing when he first started with us because uh he only joined us midway through 2013 14 is he your sub yeah basically because we we started it off in it was weird because myself and rob started it in the middle of i think it was 2012 13 we went to college together and we did like we did like journalism and media studies and we had this radio studio in our college and we never thought of thinking of using it until our last year. So now we, we might as well just start recording a podcast. <coughs> and we did it with another lad we went to college with, Jer. But he was just like... Chair? Jer, like as in Gerald. Oh, right. Yeah, so he... Um, <coughs> I thought a kid's name was Chair then. <laughs> no, no, no. But, oh, um, Cher. Cher, fucking hell. <laughs> but he... Uh, start calling him Cher. Was Cher ever on the... Was he on the show? Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss yeah he was on the show he was on the show for the first maybe three months but he was just he never showed up and stuff so does he uh, believe in love after love <laughs> good, good pun very good pun um now he um now he's just like is it life after love i can't remember now i'm gonna have to listen to that yeah. song when did Seb actually join the pod? I think it was like was it midway, midway through last season, or was yeah, it? yeah, it was midway through last season. It, like we say, it's, it was introducing Anil to a marriage just to spice it up a bit. <laughs> I remember that line. Yeah, I remember that line. That I think funny. that's how he enjoys being referenced as well. Yeah, see, he doesn't help himself because when he comes out with that, when he comes out with like you know, when he comes out with that stuff that just sounds like such an old man sitting at home. You just you you gotta jump on it. He is an old man sitting at home. Yeah, but, but Jack is Jack is in like six months younger than him. I think it's even closer than that. To be honest, I think it's like two or three. I suppose Jack is Jack is like a child inside. Yeah, <laughs> like I, it's weird because I uh, like Jack messaged me recently about the pod, like about our pod because he said he listens to it and then um, he, he was uh, so I, I messaged him every now and then and. Yeah, he loved my uh, he loves my um, contribution to the to the hundred episode intro just because I got a dig in at Seb's age. He said it, it, it like it reminds him that uh, 
it reminds him that nobody else seems to bring up the fact that he's only like a few months younger. I don't understand how he gets away with it. We'll have to um, to readdress that balance. Anyway, I'll let you off, mate, because um, my voice the list- died. Yeah, the listeners won't have heard this because I'll have edited it out at this point. But you've died about ten times during recording this coughing. Yeah, I'm I'm fucked later because uh, like. Palmer is sick as well, but he has no voice, like so he can't record with us today. So it's just myself and Rob, and I don't know how feel, I'm going to get Feel free to ring us in if you want. If I if I figure out it, look, I don't even know what the running order is yet, mate. We have some guy. You have a running order. Well, yeah, because we have to cover like, see, we have to cover. Uh, we try to cover not as many leagues as possible, but we try to cover England, Spain, Italy. Um, a little bit of France and Germany, and then we do MLS as well. So, oh, we, why would you do MLS? Because it's fucking great fun. MLS is. Yeah, I've watched like six <coughs> or seven games of MLS this year, and it was so glacial in pace that I couldn't hack it. Really? Like I've, I think, um, I think because the defending is so so bad, I, I find it weirdly <laughs> intriguing. Like. Uh, yeah, but when you've got a championship season ticket, there's not much. There's only so much shit football you can take. Well, yeah, that is that's very true. Like we um no we we decided I think it was because we had a couple of um we just a couple of guys from New York like listen to our podcast. It's weird. Um, and they emailed us about two years ago and, and asked us if we do a bit of MLS coverage. So we started it off like we started off doing a bit of MLS coverage in 2014, I think it was, and we hadn't a fucking clue about it, but. When you get to know like the history of some of the teams, that's not a, a huge history, but when you get to know like the little intricacies of the league, it's quite interesting. Um, and like I think it's only going to get bigger. Like I think in about 15, 20 years, the league will be a lot bigger, and um, <coughs> you'll see like a much stronger, a much stronger league. I say. Anyway, I'll let you get off before you before you die. Take it easy, man. All right, all right. See you in yeah, a bit. Wait, wait. Thank you much, Lee there, Connor. Uh, what's the crack there? <laughs> sick. Am I, is, that, is that kind of racist, me doing the accent? Yes. Really? Yeah. Oh, shit. Sorry, Con. Chelsea, I reckon, I reckon we're going to do them, lads. I do. I'm, I don't want to get ahead of myself. I know we were talking about this in the first half, but at the moment, I just I feel like... Because do, do you know what's irritating, though? I feel like everything is going our way up until this point, Chelsea. and everything's going against them up until this point, that this is where it all changes. They kind of emerge from their slump on Saturday as well. They probably pretty well against Norwich. And actually, they... they ah, mate, Mor- Norwich at home. They were, they, they were okay at Stoke as well. I know they lost to Stoke, but they played pretty well there as well. They did this against Villa, though. They beat Villa at home in a meaningless game and then lost the week Yeah, after. Villa, mate. I mean... The more the more Tottenham thing to do would be to beat Chelsea and then go to West Brom the week after. And oh, mate, I, I wouldn't care. Like, if we beat Chelsea... I know it's. I know I would care if we lost to West Brom, but I wouldn't care as much. Okay. I really wouldn't like I, it beating Chelsea. It's not ju- like it's one of those things. Again, it's not just about the three points. It's like no, no. Of, of course, Chelsea are vibe like they're horrible. They're disgusting. I think also and, we beat Chelsea on on Sunday. It's a kind of a chance to actually put the nail in the coffin of their season completely. Because they're just. I mean, I know they're not. They're not coming back from where they are. But then if we beat them as well then they're really not coming back from where they are. And I think that would be quite a nice moment. And just to, um, you know... Uh, I don't think Mourinho's got a great record at White Island either, to be honest. Uh, well, he's lost He's lost twice, hasn't he? Um, he's lost a few. Did he, was, it, was he still there when we beat him the other times? Or was it no, he, he lost remember, with like, the Aaron Lennon-Michael Dawson game. The only Lennon, time Michael Gus Hedding ever lost. Um, when the, the 2-1, and then obviously last mm. year. But then 
you didn't lose any of the others. I think we had that. Um, uh, he was manager when Mido. What year was it when Mido got sent off and Makaleli scored from like 35 yards? That ridiculous nice. goals. Because he, I don't know if Makaleli, but Makaleli scored from like 30 yards in that in the game that we won. But then there was kind of a similar goal. Mido got sent off elbowing someone. I think in about 2005 or six or something. 2004. Does that sound about right? I can't, I can't remember. Mido's blocked me on Twitter. <laughs> really? What have you what done to Mido? I, well, I, I, I searched this because uh, he actually blocked me after. He, he wrote a piece in the Evening Standard or the Metro. Um, and I, I tweeted him just to say, you know, I really liked your piece. He was, he was re- recounting his uh, time in the Premier League and how much he enjoyed playing at Tottenham and how he passionately thought fans were, blah, 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 blah. Usual kind of sound bites from an ex-player that isn't totally bitter about how their experience turned out. Mm. And I just, uh, yeah, I, I tweeted him to say, like, oh, I really like the article. Just, you know, brand nosing as you do on Twitter. Um, because then I noticed I'd been blocked and I, I searched kind of past saves and I, I think I'd made a few. But it, I wasn't calling him fat. Well, I was, but I was doing it in a kind of solidarity way. I was but saying, he, like, can he we have was like too. He came back, and do you remember that summer when he, after his loan, after his loan season, he he sort of he'd cut off like five pounds of hair and lost a stone. Yeah, he yeah, yeah. Still, he he wasn't small when he came back on on, on a permanent deal. I loved him. He, do you know what he was? He was a good player. naturally. He, naturally, he was a fucking gifted footballer. Yeah. That lad. Ajax thought he was going to be the better player of him and Zlatan. A lot of people did, mate. When he was a, when he was at Ajax, definitely Mido. Yeah, like that kind of yeah. Mido um, was fucking incredible. For do a you time. remember? Do you remember that game at um, that that cup game at Craven Cottage when him and Keane, when he he twice flicked the ball on for Keane and Keane volleyed. No, oh. it was it was. Berbatov on it. Or was no, it no, no, no. It was Mido. Mido no, started. Mido. Berbatov came. I always the one the one goal I remember from that game the most is the Berbatov one at the end he where smiled. he sort of reshaped his body and scooped it over the yeah, keeper. Yeah, Berbatov came on as a sub in that game. Mido, Mido oh, started with Keane right. and um, did, yeah. Keane, didn't Mido have like a delicious little back heel against West Ham or someone as well? He had that that chip up and the volley across. Whoever I think Shaka his up at the lane, the winning off the far post. That was that must have been Rob Green by that point. Yeah, might have been actually. Yeah, yeah, I think you're probably right. But either way, he um he controlled it, like he sort of rolled his body, controlled it, and then volleyed it back. He went on to play for West Ham, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He went to Borough and West Ham. Although I think to say he played for either of them is probably a stretch. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I liked plan. him. I like and, and that header at the Emirates as well in the um in the League Cup semi final. Remember that one? Yeah. From the free kick. Yeah, that was the Ricardo Rocha game. Yeah, that was. Good feet for a big man. Yeah. Um, he wasn't that big, though, was he? He was, he was pretty... a fat bastard, yeah. mate. He was a fat <laughs> bastard. <laughs> this is why he blocked you. Yeah. yeah. Um, right, let's have a look. So we've got a question. Let's, we'll go to some list of no, questions. No, no, no. Why not? We've got a Tinder update first. Yeah, Are we going to do that now? I told you offline, yeah. I've, left, I've left Tinder. Yeah, you, why we didn't get the story as to why. It's boring. I don't, and also I'm I'm too afraid to kind of, you know, meet whatever sociopaths are lurking on the other <laughs> side of the screen. I don't need it in my life. It was just a kind of, oh, everybody says you should do it, so go and have a go, and I did, and it was it was fun for a week, and it was funny for us. Why to talk have about you? It. But it was our main source of yeah. Material but that's the thing. When, if I'm on it as 
you know, purely for pod can, content. Can, can you not just at least, and no pun intended, go out with a bang, Seb, and <laughs> like periscope a Tinder date? No, mate, Please, oh through, can we can we set up like a rule the roost periscope account and you can? That's probably. No, but it's going to take us it? twenty minutes to teach him how to use periscope. <laughs> twenty minutes, you reckon? <laughs> Couple of takes twenty minutes to teach me how to use the new version oh, of Gareth Bale. Fuck band. off, Barcelona, four uh, nil. No, there's no Tinder My boys update. Roma. Are you still carrying on this Roma thing? You're not giving up on pretending no, yet. No, still. Forza a loopy. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Um, and Jack spent some time on the Wikipedia page earlier. Yeah. Come on, mate. You want to read? Have you ever read the John Foot book, Calcio? No, don't like football books. Why not? I'm just they don't interest me. What do you read instead? Today, Hungry Caterpillar, yeah. Fuzzbuzz. What the fuck's Fuzzbuzz? Wellington Square. Oh, we had the uh, what's that um, elephant called the cabbage patch the the patch one patchwork one that's the word um, not oh God. Ellie the elephant no, not Nelly it's uh, can't remember the name of it mate yeah we had that we had uh, we had all sorts of books we had Harry Potter when I was a kid that's how that's how young you are oh yeah to be fair we had Harry Potter when we were kids as well just about said. So. I, I, they I just told you that to make sense. Over Harry Potter, I no, never will. He remembers the original Narnia's though. <laughs> What's wrong with that? <laughs> Narnia was great. Narnia was. Mad. No, Narnia is some weird. No, it's not. Christian. No, fuck off. Yeah, it's Narnia is some weird. Boy, and your, you know, your no, 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 no. And your, you know, your half plat. Fuck off. Don't, don't lying Jesus. I ain't reading a book about some lying Jesus coming in and fixing everything, sacrificing himself so yeah, everyone wins. Big, you can take your Christian propaganda I'm, and... I'm, I'm going to be honest, lads. You're having an argument about fantasy fiction at the moment. It's, uh, <laughs> it's not. No, nobody it's the wins Bible this. for kids. It's the Bible for kids. No, nobody wins this one. Um, some list of questions. Harry Potter's proper book, mate. Dumbledore's about philosophy. <sighs> at, uh, at Callum Bradker, Musa Trembele, <laughs> he asks us... With Pochettino working his wonders with us, is it about time that Real Madrid get rid of Benitez and bring him in? I mean, I've, I've heard a few to. people talk about, like, you know, is Pochettino going to go off to Barca or Real? And I can't, it doesn't really seem like a fit for Real. No, Pochettino is not shiny no. enough for Real Madrid. And, like, also, you got to think, like, Pochettino is a slow build manager, and Real Madrid is a let's be successful now or let's rip it up and start again club. And this just doesn't work at all. No chance. They want They're kind of in a in a sticky place, really. Who like who do they bring in if they get rid of Benitez? Zidane. Yeah, yeah. that's the obvious yeah. one, isn't it? Shout. Yeah. Um, it's great. I mean, you know, Tottenham are more likely to win something this season than either Real Madrid than either uh, Gareth Bale or Luka Modric. Nice place to be. They are awful this year. Not Let's bring Bale players. back because they've got an awful Unless, manager. I don't mean those two players. I mean, I mean that team. It's just I watched the Clasico on Saturday. I watched the highlights of it, and they were just. To be fair, this this Barcelona time will make most teams look off. I reckon we'd have a crack at them. <laughs> I think we'd smash them, mate. I, I don't we think we'd smash them. I just think we'd no, mate, we'd do, we would. No, mate, we would. 5-0 Spurs. No one's, no one's getting close to us. Real... Our spirit, our intensity, our pressing. Nah, no one's, no one's getting close to this team, mate. We're going to win the league. Iniesta hasn't played Deli Ali yet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I would chop Messi into pieces. Probably. Oh, God. I love Eric Dyer. Yeah. I love that man so much. 
Do you see what I mean? It's just such a nice, it's such a weird place for us to be, even as a podcast, because it's just so, we haven't got anything to moan about. No. We're not moaning. Oh, people. fucking 5-0, right, Barca. Um, we, we, we're not, we're not moaning. See, I, I moaned there, that, that wasn't even like, uh, that, was, that was just fortunate timing. I'm not smart enough to plan something like that. You both know this by now. <laughs> plan something like what? Sorry. You missed it. Let's move on. Can't explain it, mate. It's not funny. Um, it's not usually funny anyway. <laughs> Nick, at you, Nick. Oh, fuck off, Nick. He's dark. Because I, I did one of those retweet and share, you know, retweet and win competitions earlier for a PlayStation 4. He asks, uh, what would you do yeah, if it's sad? Cheap? Well, mate, I want one. You should no, think no, better no, yourself. No, no, no. We, we want Jack to have a PlayStation Exactly. Four. Want a PlayStation? Jack, also, oh. mate, they're, they're like, they're, 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 I, I bought mine for like 250 quid. Nothing. Well, yeah. well, yeah. nothing, but I mean, in terms of <laughs> sort of, you know, um, let's just. He walked in, Jack, he put, laid his palm out, and then he like, he flicked the money off his palm <laughs> into the into the register as he did it. And then he just went, give me what you want, and walked out. He only says 250 quid because that's what he had in his pocket at the time. <laughs> but, you know, if he had more, <laughs> he'd just been to the whore house. That's why he had a, a few left. And he just, he just dropped it onto the counter, didn't, didn't even talk to the cashier whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, I hate people. Have you heard of me? I am the Prince of Bath. Give me my PS4. <laughs> Prince of Bath wouldn't call it PS4. It'd be PlayStation 4. He'd go formal. The name Stafford Blore. <clears throat> Sebastian Stafford. Now, now it's cold, so do you wear like leather? I can imagine you're a leather. I'm not gloves, a leather man. glove. Don't don't do that. You know you no? know. What are you on about, mate? You want serious yasters? Whether it was okay if you could buy Uggs on or not? the pod, Raj. You broke <laughs> the code. <laughs> we might have to edit that out. No, I, look, the no. thing is, is that I okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna address this because this is starting to creep out. So this <laughs> isn't getting edited out then. So no, we, this we, is we'll this, having full no, I'm disclosure. Like Tom, uh, Tom Brady advertised Ugg boots for men, and I just thought <laughs> probably because he got paid a lot of be, money. Yeah, but it's Tom Brady. You want to be like Tom Brady? No, I, don't, I just thought it's acceptable and they look comfortable and they look really warm. And then it's not like I wanted to buy a pair of women's Ugg boots, which is how you've kind of twisted it. It was just you can buy them and they look like normal shoes. They've just got that nice sort of furry Ugg boot interior. Gets do, cold in Bath. In I, I, I do like how you floated though. We we did get. Just one that for for the listeners, essentially like out of you know middle of nowhere, as as happens with WhatsApp conversations, you'll be talking about something else, and then everyone goes off and does their own thing. <laughs> There's probably about two hours of silence in our conversation, and we just get lads. <laughs> <laughs> what yeah. do we think about UGG boots for men? And it was well. Raj and I did the honours of. I think we gave you a resounding no. Didn't I think, that, we? I think that's actually called an intervention. What happened there? It, it needs to be done. It needs to be done, mate. It's you're having a bit of a mare there. It was just a wondering. I mean, what, what, you know, where, where, where could I have turned for advice like that other than my local friendly chat group? Needed to. While I'm exposing you two for being funny, Jack off air. No, the best thing sake. ever. Here we go. It was, it was, we were talking about the cinema and Jack was uh, lecturing me <laughs> for not wanting to go and see the dressmaker who's giving me this cultured off his high horse because I said it looked terrible. It's not because it's called a dressmaker. It just looks dog shit. So I said, It's Australian. No, it's good. It. It's 
I'm not going to go watch it. And Jack goes, oh, no, no, you should go and watch it. Open your mind, broaden your horizons. And out of the background, uh, his his lovely girlfriend, Charlotte, shouts, uh, I had to drag you there kicking and screaming. <laughs> and suddenly it was made apparent to us that the great cultural arbiter of our times, Jack Hussey, was said exactly the same as I had before he was made to go to the cinema by his girlfriend to see it and said it looked terrible, he didn't want to go see it. He was begrudgingly went along and uh, and he was made to look a fool in front of us all. I, I don't remember any of this. How we laughed. How, How we, we laughed. did laugh. How we laughed. How we did laugh. <laughs> well, it genuinely did piss herself yeah, off. Yeah. But, you know, she doesn't... She keeps me in my place, to be honest. As, uh, the kitchen. What? Yeah, I'm I'm quite handy, quite handy in that uh, in that realm. What's your signature dish? Oh, mate, um, I don't really know. I've got I've got a few. I'm, I'm tofu turkey. Well, yeah, to, no, tofurkey actually, Raj. If we're gonna uh, <laughs> if we're gonna yeah, you know, fire shots. Let's let's use the correct terminology, hey. Um, Is it actually called tofu? Yeah, they do call them tofurkeys. They can go to fuck themselves. Yeah. <laughs> I agree, mate. <laughs> Tofu's ghastly, ghastly stuff. Do you eat corn on that? Mm, every now and again, I, sausages. I, I try to limit it, to be corn honest, mate. Sausages aren't bad. They're, they're all right. The, the chicken pieces are my favourite. They they do these... Uh, it's not chicken. Mm, yeah, it's not chicken, but they still do these these little, uh, like, southern fried chicken nugget things, which I'm... I'm I, I'm telling you now, mate. If I if if I put them on a plate at a dinner party and told they were, told you there were chicken nuggets, you wouldn't be able to tell. You wouldn't be really? able to tell. I could tell that something. I, I wouldn't get the same satisfaction in knowing that something had died for my pleasure. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Are you American going American Raj, Raj again? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going for a portrait you've painted of yourself over the last couple of weeks on this pod. Yeah, <laughs> it was a bit, was a bit dodgy. The mask slowly yeah. slips, and I'm suddenly uh, I'm really a, a right wing. Full Patrick Bateman. Uh, well, because you've got you've got your like lusting for music as well, don't you? And you know you're quite analytical with most things, Raj. So it's. No. it's you think I'm American Psycho? Yeah, maybe, mate. <laughs> I can see you inviting York, like. Should we, you, you should rewrite American Psycho set in Yorkshire. You're gonna be. It's just gonna be a matter of time until you you get bearded genius around your house and he's asking why there's newspaper all over the floor. You know. <laughs> He wouldn't ever. He wouldn't ever set foot in this household. Um, oh, that's so dark. Okay. Right, Caleb Nordgren at Chris Sports Guy Forty One asks that's us. A shit name. Do, yeah, change that handle, Caleb. Change it, man. <laughs> change it. Um, do, do you remember that time we did tell someone to change their Twitter handle and they didn't? Told us that they had. I felt really bad. I felt good, mate. We're empowering people. Last week, yeah. Jack corrected someone's spelling. We're a force for good. I don't know why the fuck I'm correcting someone's spelling either. Um, let's have a look. That's just how bad it was, Jack. Do we, yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> uh, do we look back on Stoke, dash Everton, dash Arsenal, dash etc. I'm not sure who the etc. are. Where Spurs drop points as missed opportunities at the end of the year. No, I don't no, think we do, Caleb. Part I think of the learning curve. They were, they exactly. were, they were necessary experiences. Precisely. I think it's just, you know, it's whether or not we win the title with 80 points or 100 points is all the difference. That's it, Rods! That's it. That was, that was me being passionate there, you see. That's good passion. I like that. Like Sounded like you're on the toilet. Oh, mate. Not, not since I bought my squatty potty. You won't hear noises <laughs> like that now. Have we ever talked about the squatty potty? I don't know there? if we have talked about the squatty potty, I know. But I do like saying squatty potty. Is that the reason you bought it? I mean, it, I, it I remember flows very sh- nice, isn't it? I, 
Charlotte once posted a picture on Facebook of you sat on it. Not as you, you I don't think you were no, sat no, on it. I wasn't, I think it, was it was just a, a picture of the, of the setter. You've definitely Snapchatted me a picture of you on it, though. Which, oh, yeah, the feet. The feet. Yeah. yeah. Thank Man, you. I am never getting Snapchat. Tell you. Right. It's your next frontier it's after next Tinder. Frontier. That's Maybe. it. Seb, Seb on Nothing Snapchat. Nothing good happens on Snapchat. Like, you know. Oh, I can't wait for selfies of Seb around random monuments in Bath. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Seb and a random peacock. I'm not Seven ashamed of Instagram output. Like squirrels no, and birds. No, your Instagram output is, is consistently brilliant. The, the, and you want, a, did, you want the, of a cat. I've noticed squirrels are a recurring theme. Seb, is there any reason for that at all? No, notice what? Squirrels are a, are a recurring theme. Yeah, we get, yeah, we get quite a few of those. There are a lot of squirrels. Yeah. No, there's only one of the tugboat, which I'm disappointed about. Yeah, but that's because you have to be ready for it. It goes past quite quickly, so you, you have to... And also, in the winter, like the, the tugboat has to go up and down the river regardless of the season and regardless of how many people are on it. But like, you only really notice it when you're on the riverbank itself, and that's I don't really go there when it's wet and cold. So Fair yeah, enough. I don't notice it as much. The tugboat. Um, let's have a look. Let's. See. But yeah, no, Caleb, I don't think we uh, we do look at it as missed opportunities like that. I'd said it. So. I like that way you're using these these uh, questions to like answer them in a sentence and then have our own conversation <laughs> after. We're seasoned pros at this now. This game, you know. Um, Say we've disparaging had... about the users' uh, social media profile and spelling and grammar, and then talk about our own stuff. They don't do the grammar proper. No. Um, Joe Gibbons at Go Gibbons asks us. I like that one. I like that one. Best game of the season so far. Well, I think we've just seen it. West Ham. West Ham by Mark. Yeah. Not the City no. one. The no. City, City was like a really good half an hour. Probably the best minutes. result. Yeah, definitely the best result. But like, Was the City one, did that not take you more by surprise? Was there not a part of you that thought we're going to smash West Ham? No, no. I, I was just so satisfied by West Ham. It was like, you know, we, we, we stepped on their, on their neck early and never let them down, never let them up. It was great. Oh, yeah. it was so good. It, it was, was so relentless. glorious just we didn't watching ste- it. We didn't step off at any point. And it was, um, you know, I was, I was kind of even at 2-0, I thought we're going to have a period of like 10, 15 minutes when we rock a little bit. And we just didn't. We were just relentless. Do you, do you know what it reminded me of? Last season, when we smashed Chelsea at home as well, yeah. that game when I just remember watching it with a mixture of just disbelief and sheer ecstasy, of just like just on a on a serotonin rush, just like what the fuck's happening here? Where I'm almost like gurning on my sofa, like wanting to call my mum and dad and <laughs> tell them how much I love them, kind of thing, you know, like. But even that, I like, think it, the, the, the fear never really went away in that game, even though we kept scoring. I mean, even like at 4 1, I thought, yeah, we could do with a fifth. And then, but that West Ham, once it was 2 0, you know, and, and we sort of we started playing a little bit after we got to 2 0, I just thought, you know, this, this could be 10. This could be anything we want it to be. And it actually, to be fair, it could have been had Adrian not made a couple of saves at the end. But yeah, I, I, oh, so good. So good. Yeah. I'm just something about that Chelsea game from last year now, and hoping we do it to them again. Like that was, oh god, that game. I just remember that. That was that that game being that game where not even just the doubting Spurs fans, but the wider footballing community sort of really took notice of Harry Kane and were like, you know what, this lad is actually fucking quality. Yeah, that was the moment I one season there. wonder. Like I, I've been kind of negative up until then, and then. Go- he stepped outside Matic 
bent it into the top, into the bottom corner across the Courtois, which is like you can't deny this anymore. It's great. Can we just pay homage to Harry Kane a bit, lads? Because the lad is—he's not dead. No, but just he's—he's he's fucking brilliant. He's so fucking good. And I—I I, I, this is what I was. This is what I was talking to Charlotte about as we were watching the West Ham game. The fear that you know Soldado wasn't really performing. Adebayor was whatever Adebayor is. And just dropping Harry Kane in there thinking, you know what, fuck it, like, you know, whatever, let's give it a go. And just now, the fact we've actually got a, a proper, proper footballer, forward. yeah, it's just fucking, it's incredible. It's I, absolutely fucking incredible. I love the way he talks about the fans as well, when he, when he talks about his chant at White Lane and what it does to him. And it's just, he's like a, he, he's like a three-dimensional person, which I love. He's not, you know, he's slightly imperfect as a footballer and he's a little bit rough around the edges and a bit, he can be a bit, no, it's not meant in a, in, a, in a sort of derogatory way, but he can be he can look a little bit clumsy when he plays. But that's kind of part of his charm. He's just this sort of imperfect, you know, asset, which is just a a great thing. And he gets what it is to be. I know it's a cliche now, and it gets spoken about, you know, pretty much every week. But to have a player who gets what it is to be a fan is just it's priceless. Let's have a look here. Oh, okay, Stuart Fag. At Stuart underscore fag, double G, asks... That's not his name, is uh, it? It is. And we'll move swiftly on from any comment that you're about to make, Raj. Uh, I wasn't going to make a name, I just didn't believe a guy's name uh, was that. Are any of you worried that if we lose a game, it will all go downhill quickly? Or is this a genuinely different Spurs? I'd like to think it's the latter, but it, it's obviously quite hard to tell at the moment. And it's not going to be like this for the entire season, in my opinion. We are going to have a blip. We're not going to do a Leicester, though. Leicester are going to... Yeah, Raj, let this go. You did this this morning. No. No, I agree with Raj. I think I think it's a matter of time to lay... Tell you what, Leicester out. are 501 to go down. Get your fivers no, on now. It's not happening. I, I wouldn't go that far, but... No, it's not that I think they're genuinely going to go down. I just think that's a ridiculous price for a team that are, you know, relying on one person's good form and some good fortune to... Last an entire season. We've seen it too many times. I don't think they're. No, I agree with you. They're going to drop off at some point, and they're going to plateau into like eighth, ninth, or tenth. But they're they're not relying on one. No, they're going to finish bottom half of the table. No, you reckon? No, they're not. Bottom half of the table. They're they're not. They're not relying on one player. The higher, the closer they fly to the sun, the harsher the fall. Is that like? That's like that moment in the office where Brent is reading from his book of quotations with the four. (laughs) (laughs) Don't compare me to Brent. (laughs) <laughs> to be fair, Oz, you've, you've, you just threw you've in a, like a little Seb shit. Yeah, he, probably Ugg boot man. He's he's done you there, lad. He's done you there. That's getting edited out. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, that was uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> we just need to make a chat shit get banged oh, gag now. I think there lads. You go. As long as we don't say anything disparaging about the Japanese, we're all right. Yeah, I know, right? Everyone sort of casually forgets about that one, don't they? Um, it's all right. He scores goals, man. He scores goals. It doesn't matter as long as he scores goals. Apparently, it's okay. I do. Uh, I do, it's it's annoying that it has been so overly used. Not the racism thing, obviously, quite the opposite on that. Um, but I do find it quite funny. The old uh, chat shit get banged. It is. It is. It is quite an amusing one. I went to school with people like that, yeah. so it's a, it, yeah. it's a bit of a heart back yeah, to me. No. I quite enjoyed it. I, I did not. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Have you seen David Squires' cartoon in The Guardian today on the... Um, it shows... Uh, well, if you haven't read it, go and, go and look at it go and li- after you've listened to this. That's a, that's a good thing. He's, he's good, Squires, isn't he's he? He's really good, yeah. I just... I, I often wonder, like, how, how does he consistently... I love his gets, artwork, though, like, as well. Yeah. But it's not just that, like, his, his subject matter, he's, he's genuinely always funny and so insightful. Yeah, he's sharp um, as anything. I really, really admire his work. Sometimes a little bit preachy. Sometimes. I love the, um, the, the, the episode, the series he did with, um, with Gabrielle and Diego Costa, where Costa's, like, haunting Gabrielle through the day and, like, you know, talking <laughs> about conspiracy theories and he's just sitting behind him <laughs> and we're sleeping. It's brilliant. It's one of the best things that's been done all year. Really funny. He's a very smart man. Mm. Cunt. Um, <laughs> this is why people block you on yeah, Twitter. Probably, yeah. They do. They should do anyway. I'm, I'm a mess. I'm a total mess. I need an intervention, lads. Do you know? I, I, I sometimes feel like, like, like if I could just, you know, it'd be glorious if I could just have like maybe just two months off where I don't have to worry about bills. I don't have to worry about mm. anything, and I could just, you know. Let the dust settle a bit and just reassess things. That would be nice. Reassess what? Just everything. Just life and where it's going. Is this you and your Buddhist paradise? Try and veer off of this kind of abyss that I'm heading into at the moment. Next season, it's just going to be me and Seb because you've joined a kibbutz. (laughs) Oh, fucking hell, it's 6-0 Barcelona now. (laughs) You've picked a shit team to support. Oh, yeah, across the board, to be honest, mate. (laughs) Um, take that back. Do we have any other no take other that list back, of questions? Uh, that we, we we we've grown half of your uh, half of your teams have um, have evolved beyond that. Sorry, Sebastian, are you going all you ain't proper Spurs no, on no, me? No, there, I, just, I just I, you, I, I want. I are want, you going <laughs> hashtag <laughs> trunk hashtag disgrace? No, not at all. It's, I'm, it's, I'm just. It's turned the gun on I, both I, of I wanna, us. Yeah. I, I want a, a unified front of positivity because we never get the chance to be like this ever. Whatever, Ugg boot man. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing we we do will, will ever be as bad Another as that. Another pin into my Raj Voodoo doll as we speak. Fucking three 0 Chelsea. Oh dear, the hits keep coming. It's only Maccabi Haifa. Although John Terry's been stretched off, which is good. Oh, excellent. Seems to score against us. Oh, is he right? Did it look bad? No idea. I hope just seems the sweet. worst about. Yeah, absolutely. John Terry, your mum's a thief. Um, he's an awful man. Uh, let's uh, fuck football anyway. Raj, master of none. Mm-hmm. I've been enjoying that, mate. I'm, I'm, I'm just yeah. on the episode now where he. I, I, I kind Have of. We've not got any more Twitter questions. No, I can't be asked for football anymore. We've done it. Love Spurs. <laughs> hate Chelsea. <laughs> hate bastards. Love dogs. Love the misses. Hashtag UKIP. All that. Um, if my opinions offend you, then unfollow in caps lock. You know. Oh dear. Or the other, the other classic one. They say you are what you eat. That's why I'm such a cunt. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen that one before. Oh, mate, it's one that does around. Dear. Um, Gold, those they're, uh, they're always yeah. I have questionable views on immigration. I suppose that makes me a racist. Probably does. Probably fuck does. With. Probably yep. does. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Jesus Christ. We're talking about TV, mate. Yeah. This anyway. is more fun, actually. This is great. This is good content. Twitter bios. Yeah. There are some and Jack letting his mask slip. Some actually, there are some glorious Twitter bios out there. Some glorious, um, um, glorious, glorious Twitter photos as well. 
No, no. dear God. Mate, some of the ones I've seen around this, like I'm not in any way using the Paris tax or anything for a point of comedy. I'm just saying some of the memes yeah. that have been generated as a result of that are... Mm. Yeah, some, something to behold. Just how just how people can kind of twist something to suit a particular agenda is... It's actually... It's, it's, I don't know. It makes you feel quite uncomfortable, a lot of it. Yeah. You know, just like you kind of... It's, it's sort of... How the hell did we get here? I don't know. Let's move away from it. Yeah, I don't like it. Not, not um, Master of None. Master of None. Um, I've just gotten to the episode now, Raj, where... Now, what was the setup? Because I've gotten to the bit now where he has a girlfriend. Um mm-hmm. And they went to like I don't a trip to, ruin to it Tennessee. For I don't want to talk about it too because I feel like not enough people have watched oh, it. Oh fuck them! I don't care if they haven't. If they haven't, I put it. I, I put it as I got asked the other day to um, put my ten best um, TV shows of the year because I I, tweet, I texted you two about this to see what you two you two had and Seb just put one to ten the world at war and never got back to me. <laughs> Um, and you, you, this was when your phone was broken, I think. I got asked by The Guardian to put my top 10 um, TV series of the year down, and Master of None was the seventh out of 10, because um, I really liked it. What well, did you put number one? The Jinx. What was your list, then? Oh, I, can't I, remember, I, know, I remember seeing it. I, can't, I didn't really read it properly. Uh, number one, The Jinx. Number two, Mr. Robot. Yeah, number three, The Daily Show. Mr. Robot, the answer f- from Mr. Robot is... is, um, is is in the Pacific. The Pacific. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Yes, he is. Remy Malik. Snafu. I think his name yeah. is. Yeah. He's really odd in the uh, I think he's Pacific. great in the Pacific as an actor. His yeah, he is, but his character is really odd. An oddball, but his, um, he's, he's surprisingly yeah. old as well. I think he's about 35, 36 is he really? as well. Really? Yeah. yeah, you'll see him popping up in random spots every now and good then. Good actor. Really good actor. Number four, The Last Man on Earth. Number five, Show Me a Hero. Number six, I haven't, wa- I haven't watched any of these. Man. No, I haven't even heard of most of these. I've seen Mr. Robot, but... <laughs> yeah, Mr. Robot. Uh, number six, Bojack Horseman. Number seven, Master of None. Number eight, Community. Nine, Game of Thrones. Ten, The Flash. I haven't seen, like, 80% of those or heard of them. Master of None's a fantastic what, miniseries what on HBO about the housing crisis and um, the sort of um, human rights things okay. in... in uh, civil rights, sorry, in Yonkers when they tried to introduce, uh, like... Cheaper housing, affordable housing, and and um, essentially which one's this? Crit, uh, show me a hero. Okay, um, it's got um, what's his name, uh, the Oscar Isaac in it in the lead role. It's fantastic. It's based on a, a true story of uh, the councilman and stuff there, and and what they had the the decades long battles they had to to get people into newer housing in Yonkers and stuff like that because it was quite a an affluent white area and they didn't want the largely the poor black people to move in because they thought it was gonna cause outrage and, and sort of bring down the character of the area. But it's it's fantastic little mini series. It's it, there's a lot more to it than than just sort of that. It's very slow paced. It's it's really intricately done. It's one of those shows that only HBO would put on because it's it's sort of you sort of need to watch like two or three in a row of them to, to get like a run up but it's um it's genuinely fantastic it's one of the best written and acted things it's the guy from the wire youtube badger on it about enough he wrote it um so it's 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 uh, it's got pedigree behind it it's um genuinely enthralling i loved it Quality. okay the jinx I've spoken about it before. I think we even named the podcast after it. Um, I told you two to watch it, and you definitely should. A mate of mine just started watching it now, and every time he watches an episode, he, he texts me and just says that his head's even more fucked up than it was before. It's a, um, a mini-series documentary, again, on HBO about um, Robert Durst, 
um, of the yeah. Durst family empire in America and um, sort of his life and things he's been accused of and things, but it's one of the most remarkable bits of documentary making I've, I've ever I seen. Wanted to, I remember um, thinking I wanted to see that when I heard about you it. You have to watch okay. it. Well, what, what, what's you, it on? Seriously. Um, you'll be able to find it's probably on Sky anytime I love honest, how he started but, um, saying you'll be able to find it and then corrected himself halfway through <laughs> yeah I'm not talking to Jack um, if, yeah, you should be able to um, find it on Sky anytime if it's not on there then I'll, I'll teach you how to get it in other fashions. no I know how I know how, um, to, I know how to do torrents I know that I thought you meant buy DVDs no <laughs> I know how to go to HMV I know how to do that as well um, no, but you seriously take a day off, mate, and just watch it because I think it's uh, six parts. But it's one of those that once you start through, watching it, you, yeah, you just just free base it. Take a day off, sit on your sofa in front of your TV, and just free base it because it's it's one of those you can't say anything about as well until anyone's watched it. And I, I'd urge people not to Google it because it's it, it had a lot of real no, I know world the story. implications I, I afterwards. Know the, the stuff. Yeah, but it had no. Even after the documentary came out, even more stuff came out post that. So, not to ruin the documentary from yourself, go into it knowing the least amount, at least a bit about it as possible. Apart from my testimony, because obviously I'm I'm so trustworthy, and then (laughs) and uh, watch it and then read upon it because it's truly fascinating. It's um it's the the best bit of TV I've watched all year. Okay, you've convinced me. What about you, Jack? What's your favourite bit of TV this year? Hmm, I feel like I haven't really been able to watch enough properly but I would say Mr. Robot not Ray Donovan because oh. Ray, Don- mm. Ray Donovan was one of many that was in my list but I didn't find it the best season they've ever done I think I still think the first season of Ray Donovan's the best season they've ever had That's and then post that season. I think it's been That's... I think it's been slightly weaker every season upon season after that no I don't I don't agree with that mate like I'm I'm really, really enjoying it consistently. I think it's just there's just too many characters in it that don't do anything. The the family are useless. There's no, nothing. The family are only there as a device to get in trouble. The women are only there as a device to either be saved by Ray or get banged by Ray. It's it. There's so many. Nah, I don't agree. That, mate. I think you you, you you're playing for the feminazi vote there, mate. That's what you're doing. The, what, where's the strong female character? Trying to get your positive retweets. The, the girl that works in his office. It's quite. A strong the one yeah but she is quite a strong female she's quite a, a sort of a proactive character she works for him and yeah, that's but it she's, there's, there's an, an independent streak to her there's a kind of a subtext so is, is one one enough oh god he is going feminazi isn't he no it's not enough it is, it's right. not that but it's just if you stop big, trying to gender shame show. me Raj that's it yeah you, you offend you actually have to look and critique it properly <laughs> then it doesn't look right <laughs> As far I, as I'm I, concerned, I agree. So. I, I haven't seen. I've only seen up to the end of season two, so I'm, I can't. But it's every. T- it's not. It's not specifically about the his daughter or his wife, even though they're both terrible characters. Even his son's a terrible, weak character. Mm. It's the acting pulls it through. Eddie Marsan's fantastic. Yep. He's probably the best thing about it. I mean, Leif Schreiber's fantastic, but Ray's sort of goes a bit one-dimensional. The Bunchy seems Bunchy to annoys, bounce around. Same, he seems to have the same storyline every season, mm. um, and you know that just there's a, a predictability about the way in which John Voight's going to do something wrong that sort of detracts from it. I know I, I'd still watch it; it's still better than most things on TV. It's just not infallible in the way that other things are, um, and the way it's it's 
sometimes portrayed to be. I think it's um, it's got too many holes in it. You write something better than mate. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like it. Yeah, I like it. It's just not. It's just not the best thing that's been on, or in the top ten best things that have been on TV. It's the best ever thing ever. <laughs> Mr. Robot's a lot better. I don't. I just think they're different. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't really buy into the whole what's better and what's not kind of stuff that. I, I, the only the way I compiled it is the things that I sort of thought about a lot more and and like hit me the most and I enjoyed a lot more. I mean. Ray Donovan, sort of, after I've watched an episode of it, I was happy to wait another week to watch another episode of it. I wasn't, you know, in the, the sort of the first season, I was itching mm. for for more and to see what happened next. They've lost that sort of, I really enjoyed the fact that there was a really sort of subtle arc throughout the entire first series. And then it was a, and then it was more periodical. He did little things, little fixing jobs here and there. And that, format seemed to suit it a little better now they've tried to try to draw in everyone and make everyone main cast and sort of there's almost an excuse to give people storylines that don't tie into anything else they're just completely tangential um that just feels like wasted airtime. i mean the daughter for me you, you if you cut the daughter out of the show it's still the same program right well fuck you mate don't agree so uh <laughs> That's my well-reasoned and uh, appropriate retort. Um, have we got anything else to talk about, lads? Or is that are we gonna we're we gonna kill it dead? I would quite like to go to sleep quite soon. Oh, for fuck's sake! I'm tired. He's gonna buy some buy some mugs yeah. now, isn't he? Yeah, he is. I've, I've I have been I tell you what, lads. I've been enjoying uh, having you two on in the background playing FIFA again. We did it again. Well, we need to work out a way of doing this um, better. You need to find a way of doing it better. Sure. <laughs> what we do need as well, Sebastian Stafford-Blaw, is a fantasy football update, my friend. Yeah, I um, people still aren't getting this. People still, they, there are still people trying to sneak Arsenal players into our league. So we had a, another range of um, another flurry of suspensions. Um, so if you guys give me thirty seconds, I'll just run you through not the suspensions, but the order. Um, but there was just it's not even people trying to be clever it's people banging like Ozil, Sanchez and Bellerin in the same week you're just thinking top guy on it Lucas Phileas or Phyllis or whatever he's got Ozil in his team has he got his mm. why do it why do it mate why Lucas, do it you just, you've done so well you, you've been you know you've, you, you've been top of the league for a couple of weeks and you've been clean and, and now the, 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 the axe of justice is going to fall on you live on the pod that's quite that's new isn't it the Acts of Justice. Jesus, number Toby Wilson has got Sanchez and Giroud. God, he has. His eyes. I had to see it to believe it, Lucas. Goodness me. Right, you are gone. He's he's well out in front as well, so he can go. Yeah. This is in the, the bin, thing, lad. Like, in the bin. Billy Diggins has got Bellerin and Sanchez. Yeah, this needs another one, doesn't it? Okay. You need to go through this, mate. I'm just. Yeah, but I mean, it's quite a long, lengthy process. You volunteered to do it. This is your job. Well, don't, don't. Yeah, you get out of editing. But that's true. That's blow. true. That's true. And I've stopped doing the running orders just because nobody ever CBA. read them. No one ever shouts at me for not doing them. So I figured I can get away with it. Um, but I will start doing it's them. It's because you're CBA, isn't it? <laughs> I, I, I struggle with acronyms, don't you? Get that one. <laughs> I hate how much of our conversations off, off air are going into the pod now. That was just that. Those are difficult acronyms, to be fair. What did we even right. write? 
BRB, be right back. It's no, I no. know that. No, no, it, it was it was all kinds of craziness. So, uh, Sebby, you the guy that thinks LOL is lots of love. Oh yeah, <laughs> Jack said it, Jack said he's got no WA, and Seb went WA, and Jack said WhatsApp, and he went oh okay, and I went um, and then we were talking about um, this, and I went Connor's on at three pm tomorrow doing TFT stuff in the evening, and straight away Seb again TFT, and Jack went acronyms. <laughs> And then did a sort of more than sign Seb, and I went the final third. Fuck's it, Grandad. And Seb went, I don't understand. And that was the conversation done. I think that's just a betrayal there, Raj. That you've you've opened a window into a to private conversation like that. Throwing I don't think I ever. Bellerin, right? You're gone as well. Who is this? James Nicholson. You're done. Right. This isn't good content. I'll do this, but we'll do it off air. I'm just letting you letting you do your bit. I know I'll do it. I'll do it when we're not recording it because it's it's probably not great entertainment for for others. What what part of this pod is? <laughs> uh, Cricket's considering getting rid of the toss. Oh, fuck cricket! You'll you'll be ostracised for saying something like that. So Jesus, I hate cricket. I know certain circles. Oh, I hate it. Hate it. Hate it. Hate it. Can't. What it. will they say? What will they say? Talk tripe, get slapped. I was trying to come up with a, a new your one. version of chat shit get wanged. No, I don't. I just cricket just just doesn't get me. I don't, you know. I love cricket, me. Being both brown and from Yorkshire, it's one of those things. You have to itself. like it, don't you? Really? Yeah. It's in your DNA. Um. Going up to Headingley and watching them play is a brilliant thing to do during the week of summer we get. In saying that, though, my old man's an RG that grew up in East London and he fucking loves cricket. Does so, he? You know. Okay. Because yeah. he's English, classic. mate. Yeah. Kind of is now, really. Unfortunately. Is he UKIP? Uh, big time. BMP, actually. UKIP aren't. UKIP aren't quite extreme enough for him. I'm sick of Adele being everywhere. I hate Adele. I'm not particularly fond of her, but she's Same record lady. all the time. She whines about paying her taxes. She's horrible. Get rid of her. Oh, is she? Oh, she's not a tax dodger, is she? No, she just whined. Have you never read that interview from when... Uh, no. Oh, mate, she was like... She's uh, not a Gary Barlow. I have to pay five million in tax. I thought I'm too famous to go on the buses and the NHS is shit, so why would I have to give you three million quid? It's like, oh, fuck off, love. Mm, you can get in the bin. Oh, she's, ah, she's really relatable with her heartbreak, today. isn't she, when she's complaining about paying her tax? Do one. Yeah. Knob end. Nah. Yeah. She's on my shit list now. Hater. Gary Barlow's the worst, isn't yeah. it? Gary Barlow can he can just go. I liked um the Arctic Monkeys got accused of doing it and they put a statement out on their uh, website going, No, we pay all our taxes fully. There's no nothing we're involved in. There is, you know, proven to be sort of some sort of weird offshore Cayman Island loophole that the others are in. They do these weird um put their money in um in uh, what do you call it? Um, like uh, these groups, don't they? Yeah, and yeah. you pay money into businesses and stuff that they full well know isn't going to go anywhere. It's just a way of not paying the tax on it. And I think it's oh, one that, of that's the most. Escrow account. No, it's um, yeah, it's like a sort of. Yeah, I know what you mean. I don't. Is this what you get your accountant to do for you, sir? <laughs> it's a nervous laugh. That's how he's paying for all these Uggs and Playstations, Jack. With all the money that should be going into Uggs. new nurses. The Uggs were just, they were within my financial grasp if I didn't buy them. As he walks into his local hospital and does a shit, <laughs>, laughs at laughs at all the nurses on their fourth, their fourth shift in a row. 
walks out a fluttering 300 quid behind him going you can clean that out some poor Bangladeshi woman who doesn't speak the language people try to kick her out all she's doing is cleaning <laughs> where did that come from? Are you Seb dodging your taxes that's where it came from taxes. I'm painfully aware of how um, how um, how much tax I pay yeah I, I, I do the thing where I overpay just so I get the satisfaction of knowing they're going to give me a yeah, back give the rebate tax yeah. rebate is the most wonderful thing in the world yeah, because you forget about it and then you yeah. get it back and you're and it like, It comes yeah. in one of those lovely printed checks as well. With, with the thing is, the best thing about oh, it. Oh, lads, have you ever had one of the ones when they say, Oh, we haven't actually taken enough tax in no. here? No. no. Take more. No. Oh. They're not nice. No, those don't sound quite as fun. <laughs> no, that no. sounds horrible. <laughs> yeah. Oddly, they're, they're really not as fun as well. The worst one I've ever had is when I bought something from abroad. It weren't tax. I think it may have been import what, tax from from abroad. No, from like. from import tax and um, like de- not. <laughs> Sorry, that was such an awful dad joke, wasn't it? Um, not. F- oh yeah, I've seen what you tried to do there. No, uh, it's uh, that's appalling, Jack. Well, I, I didn't try. I, I did, <laughs> but you know, it's you tried to make it funny and it wasn't. But yeah, when you buy something from abroad and then you have to pay import tax on it, and it's like I didn't even know I had to do this. You pay it just because you're mm. a decent human being, but. It, uh, you don't know why. <laughs> I've paid my council tax while we've actually been recording. I've played about four games of Rugby League Live while we've been recording. South Sydney Rabbit are getting off to a flyer. Should we kill it? There's no Sam Burgess in this game, though. No. no. I think he's busy off-game killing Mike Ford for being a fucking <laughs> coward. Definitely kill it now. Okay, if you want to listen to any of the previous episodes of Rule the Rage podcast, you can do so on Acast or on iTunes. You can follow us on Twitter at RTR underscore pod. And please go onto iTunes and leave us some fucking reviews as Has well. Has anyone ever Five done that? Stars. I, I never check. No, I, ch- I checked again the other day just, well, yeah, because I'm an egotistical <laughs> prick. Um, but, yeah, fucking just leave us some reviews. Come on. You know? We do this for, for free. We'll read yeah. them out. We'll try the, that line. We'll read them out towards the end of the show. Yeah, we will. We'll read them out. If you want your... Get, you know, make them creatively you, get, bad. Get famous. Have a have a, have a shitty review read out by Tetrunk as famous on Twitter for wasting his life. Only ever refer to Seb as the posh one. And um, that'll be fantastic because he really enjoys it when people do that. Sebastian Stafford-Bloor has left the building, as shall we now. Good night. Good day. Whatever. Come on, you Spurs. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com.